0: Do you want to save for your kids' education but have no idea how? Are you confused by all the different plans out there? Well, get ready for a deep dive into the best ways to save for college.
1: Welcome to the Financial Residency Podcast, where we are devoted exclusively to the financial well being of physicians and helping you achieve the financial freedom you deserve. This is your financial residency without the long hours and sleepless nights. Let's welcome your host and primary care physician for your finances, Ryan Inman.
0: Hey, hey, what's up, everyone? Thank you so much for joining me today. I'm really excited to bring you this episode where we talk all about the different ways that you can save for your kids' college education. I get this question asked a lot. In fact, it's the number one most viewed blog post on my website where we talk about what is a 529 and should you open one? And so I thought, you know what, let's have an expert come in and talk all about the different options of ways to save for college. And so today we are bringing in Abby from collegebacker.com. I'm thrilled to have her on. She's got an extensive background in finance with a, a very specific focus in the education sector and she's uh she said that she dreamed of starting her own tech firm and i think Abby and her co-founder have done an amazing job so far in building out this amazing tech platform that really helps all families save for college what they do is they make it really easy for for your for parents and grandparents to save for college in a in a more social way they give you a personal link that'll allow you to share it with friends and family you can put it on facebook or or wherever that'll allow people to contribute directly into your kid's 529 plan. I actually set up an account for both of my kids. Right now it's around Christmas time. And instead of Christmas gifts that are toys that they're not going to use, I'm telling all my friends and my family, hey, instead of you know buying these junk toys, no offense, but stuff that they don't really need, go make a small contribution into this account instead. And so I give them the link. And so for my son, it's collegebacker.com slash Wyatt. That's my three-year-old son, Wyatt. And within a few clicks, they're going to be able to contribute directly into his account. It's amazing tech. I I absolutely love it. I can't believe someone hasn't created it yet, but I'm happy that they did. The crazy part about all of this is that they really do want to stick to their mission of helping all families save for college. And the way that they set up their fees and structure is is really represented in that. It's a donation-based payment system. So you pay what it's worth. Yeah, that's right. You literally could pay them nothing. I know you're thinking it. We all are. I even told him a thousand times over, Abby, you got to charge for this. But it's all based on on donations. So you can give anywhere between $0 and $10 a month. I think everyone should at least pay a dollar. I think it's amazing tech. And I know that, you know, when we set up our kids' accounts that we're going to be paying for it. But, you know, and I'm sorry, Abby, again, for giving you such a hard time about it. But I absolutely love that they don't charge an asset-based fee on this. Typically, what do you see when when you think of like robo advisors like Betterment and Wealthfront, and I kind of almost view Collegebacker as this this robo advisor platform, but but different because um, they're only looking at five twenty nines. But they don't charge an asset based fee to set this up, and they you know they have this real nice system and software that helps do all of this for you and sets it all up. But they're going against the grain, and that's what I love about it. Is they're they're a flat fee type service model. And again, it's, it's all based on donation. So I absolutely love what they're doing here. Like I said, I've moved my kids 529s over to this plan. And Abby was kind enough to give all the listeners, all of you guys, a $25 match into the account. If you go to collegebacker.com slash financial residency. So that's collegebacker.com slash financial residency. And I encourage you guys all to go up and sign up for an account today. I've also created a freebie that I'll be putting in the Facebook group, the Financial Residency VIP Community, uh, for all the community members to check out. Uh, If you haven't joined us at the community yet, go do it right now. It's free. um, It's easy to join. We have lots of great content, and there'll be a ton of stuff coming out in 2018 made exclusively for the group. Before today's show, I want to make sure to announce this important disclaimer. I am a fee-only financial planner and a fiduciary for my clients, but let's be honest. I don't know you or anything about you. This show is for educational purposes only and shouldn't be taken as legal or financial advice. Please consult your attorney, CPA, or your fee-only financial planner before you take any action or make any important financial decisions.
1: Here is this week's Digestible Tip.
0: So this week's Digestible Tip is all around IRAs. And while I'm not going to go crazy into the different types and everything with IRAs, I want you to know that you need to be maxing out your IRA if that's possible. If you can't contribute directly into a Roth because of income limits, fund $5,500, which is the cap for this year, into a traditional, and then you're going to backdoor it or convert it into a Roth. If you don't have your IRA already open yet, make sure you open it during the calendar year of 2017. You'll still have a few months into 2018 to get the full fund in, so to get that full $5,500 in and contribute in, but if it's not open during this calendar year, you essentially lose the chance. So right now, if you don't have one, go open up a traditional Roth IRA, depending on if you can actually make the contributions directly into the Roth or not, and open it today, get it funded, even with 100 bucks, and that way you buy yourself at least a couple more months to get it fully funded. <laughs> Abby, thank you so much for being on the show. I'm really excited to have you here.
2: Ryan, thank you so much for inviting me. Excited to chat today.
0: Absolutely. Let's talk about saving for college and all the different options that are out there. I wanted to kind of jump in at a base level and say there's a couple different ways that people can save for college. I know we're going to talk a lot about 529s in this show, but I was hoping if you could talk about the other different options and maybe a quick pro and con of each one before we go a little bit further into five twenty-nines.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And I think that when it does come to Saving for College, I know there are a lot of options out there. And a lot of times folks start the research process, realize there are so many options, get a little bit confused or overwhelmed, and then kind of abandon ship. So I want to just say for anybody who has started this process and has been overwhelmed, hopefully this podcast is an opportunity to simplify the whole thing because I don't know if you know this, Ryan, but there are about $1 trillion saved for college today. And shockingly, 70% of that is in checking or savings accounts. So there are definitely better options out there. So don't let the paradox of choice stop you from making the right decision and using one of these really smart options to save for college. Don't default into the checking or savings account. If you're not going to use a checking or savings account, what should you use? There are 529 plans out there. You can think of that as like a Roth IRA, but for college. And we'll talk a lot more about that. That's generally what we would recommend because it is a tax-advantaged investment account and it's also quite flexible and designed for college specifically. Mm -hmm. Another option that is really commonly used is called a Coverdell or an educational savings account. And this is really going to be helpful if you are planning to send your kids to private school for K-12 because you are allowed to use it on K-12 education. But the big limitation here is that there are income limits and there's also a contribution limit. So you can only put in around $2,000 a year and it could be even less if you're a high income earner if you are primarily saving for college and not for K12 private school then a coverdell might be too limited for you and a 529 plan in contrast is going to have a lot more flexibility and it's going to not have those income limits and contribution limits so a 529 might be a better option for you another structure that folks sometimes use is called an ugma atma or a ug which stands for the uniform gift to minors act And that essentially is a trust account or a custodial account that you're going to set up for your child that is not necessarily focused on education, actually. And you're basically just putting together a group of assets that you're gifting to your child. There are some significant drawbacks with this, though, because that gift is going to automatically be transferred to your child's control upon age 18 or 21. And that means that the child is going to have full control of those assets, they might spend it on education, or they might spend it on something else. And it's also going to have some negative financial aid consequences compared to those other plans that I mentioned. So these for financial aid purposes are going to be considered student assets, and that's going to have a really significant impact on financial aid.
0: And that's both the Coverdell and the UGMA, correct? Correct.
2: So the Coverdell, I believe, is typically considered a parental asset as well because it's controlled by the parent until it is dispersed. But the ugma atma is going to be considered a student asset because it does transfer into the child's name.
0: Gotcha. And they can use the UGMA account for literally anything, right? They don't, it's, exactly. it's not like earmarked for just specifically student education costs. They could literally go buy a new car or whatever they want with it. Exactly. And it's theirs. Like as they become of age, this is not something that you can pull back and say, oh, just kidding, right?
2: Exactly right. And so, in contrast, if you are looking at a 529, you as the parent maintain control. So, if your child is 25 and has finished college and you still have money in there, you can actually change the beneficiary to a different child and say, okay, you know, my first child didn't need that money anymore. I'm going to spend the money on a different child. Whereas with the UGMA, you would not be able to do that, right? Because that gift already belongs to that
0: first child. Mm-hmm. I think it's pretty obvious that as we talk about the the couple different options here, that 529 plans are generally the way to go when we're saving for college tuition. And so I'd like to go a little bit further on and talking about 529s. And so one of the questions I get asked all the time is, should I go with my state's plan or should I go with any state's plan? How does that technically work? And then we talk a little bit about deductions on taxes and things like that. So if you can kind of start from the hierarchy here, what do you do? Do you have to choose your state's plan?
2: Yeah, absolutely. So let me back up a little bit and just give a brief overview of what a 529 is and how mm-hmm. they're offered. So Perfect. as I mentioned, an invest a tax advantage investment account for college, you can think of it as a Roth IRA. So you put in post-tax money, And then the growth is completely tax-free and the withdrawals are tax-free as long as you're using them for higher education. So this is a great benefit that every family should be thinking about when they are thinking about how to pay for college. One of the big confusing points, as you've identified, Ryan, is that 529 plans are actually offered by each individual state and sometimes also by financial advisors. So California has their own 529 plan. New York has their own, Illinois has their own, every state has their own 529 option. And then you can also go to Fidelity to get a 529 or Charles Schwab or a couple of these other guys as well. So there are a ton of different options out there. However, even though each state has their own 529 plan, you don't necessarily have to choose your own state's plan. And so this means that you have a lot of different options. Of course, some states do want you to use their in-state plan, and so they may offer an incentive for you to be saving for college. And that incentive usually comes in the form of a tax deduction. Mm -hmm. So for example, I'm originally from Illinois. If I am an Illinois resident and I use the Illinois 529, then I can take an income tax deduction on my state income tax for any contributions made to that plan. But it varies state by state. So this can get pretty confusing pretty fast. And so my general recommendation would be first, check out whether your state has an income tax deduction. If they don't, then it means that you can choose any plan and you should basically just go out there and figure out what the best plan for you is. If they do have a state income tax deduction, then ask whether that income tax deduction is only for your state plan or for any state plan. So for example, if you're a resident of Pennsylvania, there is a state income tax deduction, but you can take that deduction on contributions to any state plan. So if you live in Pennsylvania, you could be using the California or Texas or Utah 529 and still take that income tax deduction. So check if your state has an income tax deduction, check if that income tax deduction is only for your specific state plan. And then if it is only for your specific state plan, then definitely take a good hard look at that state plan. And if it seems like a good option, go for it, take advantage of the deduction. But if not, you do have all these options out there and you can choose the one that's best for you.
0: Yeah. And that's amazing points there. And one of the things I'm going to do is I'm going to create a little freebie here for listeners and if they want to go get this little freebie that we're going to be creating it'll be in the financial residency VIP group in Facebook so make sure you guys check that out talking about all the different states that offer deductions and I know that all the states unfortunately have different pros and cons so there'll be a pretty extensive freebie in there that you can go download. One thing I wanted to say Abby off what you were just talking about is that not all states are created equal like these 529 plans. They all have different investments with different expense ratios and pricing structures. So even if your state does have a deduction, but let's just say your state has horrible investment choices and high expense ratios, it actually might be better over time to choose a different state's plan that has lower expense ratios and higher quality investments. And that's something that as the consumer you have to kind of dig into and understand a little bit more, but not all states unfortunately are created equally.
2: Yeah, that's absolutely true. And in the world of 529 plans, there's also a really wide range in expense ratios. So the best in class out there typically are charging around 0.2% on the assets, whereas some of the more expensive plans can easily be over 1%. So the typical advisor sold plan is around 1.3% actually for the average. So you definitely want to Take a good hard look at the different options out there or get a little bit of help with the research if you need it to make sure that you're choosing a great 529 plan.
0: Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And I'm about to ask you, what are some of the plans you might recommend people look at? And just because we're recommending some plans in very general advice, it doesn't mean that these are the absolute best plans for your specific scenario. But I'm curious, Abby, what are your maybe top one or two or three 529 plans that you would recommend?
2: It does depend on your individual situation, of course. If I can just do a very quick plug at College Backer, we do help you identify the right plan. So you'll give us a little bit of information about you and your family, and then we'll make a recommendation based on that to point you towards a 529 plan that we think is going to work great for you. But a couple of the things that you want to think about when you're considering which 529 plan to choose is, first of all, definitely take a good look at those fees. We've already talked about what the range of fees can be. So look for something that's more close to that best-in-class ratio of 0.2% as an expense ratio, roughly. You also want to make sure that they have stable management and there hasn't been any drama in the way that the oversight of those investments has happened. You want to look for recognizable low expense ratio funds that are underlying the investments. So that might include Vanguard, which, of course, is probably everybody who listens to your podcast knows about. But a couple of the plans that we are definitely excited about, we're big fans of the Utah Educational Savings Plan. So they mm-hmm. have been a leader in the industry for probably the past decade or more, consistently have low expense ratios and, and great management I think I mentioned I'm originally from Illinois and the Bright Start College Savings Plan has actually been promoted by Morningstar as one of their new gold plans. So that's exciting for my home state that does offer a tax deduction. So it's great that Illinois residents have a fantastic option while also taking advantage of that tax deduction. And then there are a number of other 529 plans as well. Virginia has generally had a solid one. Nevada also has a solid one that is Vanguard associated as well. Yeah, those are a couple of the ones that we've looked at. I think New York also has a very low fee plan and so on. What about you, Ryan? What do you think?
0: Prior to meeting you guys, I had been putting my kids into Fidelity's plan, which is New Hampshire's plan. And that's Mm -hmm. because they offer where I can basically do the three fund portfolio where we're looking at total stock, total bond and total international stock. And they have really low expense ratios inside there. And while it might not be for everyone, and I wrote an article that I'll link to in the show notes on which 529 college savings plans that I liked, but that was one of them. And then I did like Utah's plan as well. And they're more friendly to advisors. Their system is easy to use. And I'm probably in the minority here that I don't believe you need an advisor to help you manage your 529 to set it up and to start it. I think someone can easily do this. And with the introduction of College Backer, which is one of the reasons why I'm so excited to bring you guys on, is you're even making this process simpler. I'd like you to just chat a little bit about what College Backer is and what College Backer does. And then more importantly, if you could give us just a minute or two uh, plug on yourself as well. So if you don't mind.
2: Yeah, Absolutely. Uh, college Collegebacker is a website that's all about making it really easy to save for college, especially with support from family and friends. So, if you're a parent, you can go to Collegebacker.com, and as I mentioned, you can of course put in a little bit of information and get a recommendation for what a great five twenty nine plan might be. But we actually also help you open the account and help you manage the account. So. Once you've put in your information, you will not only get a recommendation for the 529 plan specifically, but you'll also get a recommendation for the investment portfolio within the 529 plan. And we're an SEC registered investment advisor, so we manage all of that for you, essentially. And then uh, on top of that, I also mentioned that we want to make it really easy for you to do this with support from family and friends. So we'll also give you a custom link that might be collegebacker.com slash Abby or rather your child's name. And then you can share that link at Christmas is coming up. So that is a great occasion. We also see a lot of birthday parties on College Backer. You can share that link in advance of the event and ask family and friends to make a contribution to the college fund instead of more toys and clothes and other gifts. So it's really easy for the grandparents to set up a recurring monthly contribution or for family and friends to do a one-time gift. We even accept credit card and debit cards. So it's really as easy as sending an Amazon gift card or buying something off any other online website. But instead of just being a toy that might be forgotten in a couple of weeks or clothes that are going to be outgrown in a few months, it's actually a gift that's going to grow over time because it's going to be invested in that 529 plan, along with your other savings. That's the overview of College Backer and would love to help your family save for college. And then as for me, a little bit of my background, I'm originally from Illinois, always had this dream of starting my own tech company, moved out to California to pursue that studied business and had a career in finance and management consulting before I ultimately decided to take the leap. I was fortunate enough to meet my co-founder while I was working as a consultant specifically in the education industry, actually. So I was working with K-12 school districts, and I was also working with various philanthropists and foundations about how to improve our education system here in the U.S. And I met my co-founder, Jordan, who had started working on this idea, and I just immediately realized that This is a very simple concept of let's make it super easy for families to save for college, and let's make it super easy to rally a team of people, of friends and family to help support that journey. But this is a big idea that I think is really important for our society today. The cost of college is set to double again in the next 10 years. Mm. But meanwhile, we know college is valuable. The average college grad earns about a million dollars more in their lifetime than a non-grad. So, we as a society have to work on and that we as individual parents all have to work on too. And I just couldn't believe more in the mission.
0: Yeah, I love it. And so one of the things to touch on why I really wanted you to come on is one, I love the idea that we can just chat about 529s. There's been tons of confusion around it and to kind of shed some light and to kind of give another expert's opinion on it. I really do appreciate you coming on and talking about it. But the other thing is that I love what College Backer is doing. It's giving families the ability to share this savings for future education in a really simple manner. And I mentioned before that I don't believe advisors really have to be managing 529 products and that you're SEC registered and all that, but that isn't what you guys do. You guys are providing a platform that allows people to share this with friends and family and it's all based on donation, correct?
2: Yeah, that's exactly right. The way that we think about saving for college is, yes, you know, it's important that you have the smart investment choices and that you are choosing a great 529. But the real bottom line is making sure that it's really easy for you to save more. A lot of people just don't get started because it's confusing, as we discussed earlier. Mm -hmm. And so we just want to build this system that makes it really easy for other people to give directly into the fund. And then as far as the way that College Backer supports itself, as you mentioned, it's all about making sure that our users, our clients are really seeing a lot of value in the product and that they want to support College Backer. So if you're a parent on College Backer, we ask you to actually choose your own fee. So it's zero to $10 a month. You can change that fee at any time. So maybe if you're just getting started or budgets are tight, you set that fee to zero to start just to get your feet wet. And then over time, when you realize that, hey, College Backer has helped me save a few hundred dollars at Christmas and grandma and grandpa are starting to put in that recurring monthly subscription and it's really adding value to me and my family, then you can go ahead and change that monthly fee.
0: Yeah, I love it that you guys are donation based. And I did tell you before the call that I think you guys should charge at least a dollar a month. I think (laughs) everyone who's saving can afford a dollar a month. So if you guys end up using it, you should pay them a dollar a month at least. Um, Thank you, Ryan. (laughs) Of course. But I like that you guys are donation based and it's not AUM based, which is what every advisor always wants to charge on is AUM. And the idea that you guys are flat fee, basically zero to $10 a month, or I should say one to $10 a month. I really (laughs) like that.
2: It's definitely something that we thought a lot about, Ryan, because we are in an industry where almost everything is based on AUM. But I think from college backers perspective, our mission is to help every family out there save. And so this is a way where no offense, but I do think that for most financial advisors, charging based on AUM inevitably means that you have to look for clients that have a little bit more AUM to manage, right? Or a little bit more money to manage. And we wanted to make sure that every family out there, whether you're saving, you know, a hundred dollars or a thousand dollars or 10 or 20 or $50,000, dollars were able to provide you the service.
0: Absolutely. I love it. And it's one of the things that I am a flat fee financial planner. So I totally get the, uh, the concept. <laughs> I totally get the concept.
1: Now it's time for the curbside consult.
0: First question I have is With the cost of college tuition on the rise, growing at 6% over inflation in pretty much recent years, can this rise continue? And what effect does this really have on how much people should be saving for their kids' education?
2: So it is definitely true that the rising cost of college is pretty scary. And from my personal perspective, I think that as a society, This is not a sustainable trend if we want the U.S. to continue to thrive just as an economy and on the global scale, as I mentioned. Mm -hmm. Having a well-educated workforce is really important for our country. For that reason, I am optimistic and hopeful that as a society, we figure out ways to make higher education more affordable, whether that's going to look like traditional higher education and four-year universities that we have today or whether it's going to take a lot of other forms. I don't know. I think it's really important that we address that in the long term. But I do also think that as a parent today, we can't get too concerned about some of these macro trends that are going on around us. And it's easy to look at those things and say, oh my God, this is unsustainable. I'd better do nothing. And I don't think that that's the right reaction, right? I think that the better reaction is to say, okay, there's definitely stuff going on out in the wider world, but I have an enduring belief in the value of higher education or continuing education. No matter what, my children are probably going to benefit from having some additional skills and having the money to invest in themselves. And for that reason, I'm going to start doing what I can to save for my child's education. And it may look different in the future. A year or two ago, the U.S. Department of Education was working on a pilot program where they actually expanded some of the categories of institutions that qualified for federal financial student aid, which also means that you can spend your $529 there. So I think that the world is changing and there may be some additional options in the future. But I would not let that uncertainty prevent people from acting now and starting to save as soon as they can, because time is your best friend when it comes to saving for college.
0: I absolutely agree. And time is your best friend, right? The Eighth wonder of the world is interest keeps compounding <laughs> and hopefully it's working in your favor. But that's right. Yeah, Long term investing is clearly the right path. And I asked that question because my wife and I both went to the University of San Diego. It's a private school, and when we first started, it was around twenty-two, twenty-three thousand, something like that. And when we finished, it was even more expensive. It was, you know, closer to thirty. And when I put in one of these calculators and one of my financial planning softwares to look at my son and daughter who are three and one, it said that their cost of tuition was going to be something like one hundred and fifty thousand a year. And I'm going, how in the heck <laughs> is that going to be sustainable for everyone? I know this is a college school, and you know, but all colleges are growing at massively over what inflation is. So I appreciate your answer. I love the answer. The second question I have here, and it's the last question I have for you is, are there any tools or calculators out there that can help determine how much someone would need to save for their kid's education? And the concept of they don't want to overfund the account and really what would happen if they did overfund a 529 account?
2: Yeah, so there are plenty of different calculators out there and tools out there to understand this question. And of course, at collegebacker.com, we have our own calculator. So I'm going to selfishly direct you to collegebacker.com and you can go in and punch in numbers about how old your child is and what your aspirations are for what type of school they would go to and also how much of the college education you would like to aspire to fund. But as far as your question on overfunding the account, luckily, there are some flexibilities built in with a 529 plan already. So it hopefully can address a couple of those concerns. So one of the most common concerns is what if my child gets a scholarship, right? I'm saving Mm -hmm. a ton of money and let's say my child is brilliant and gets a full ride And they don't need any of that money. Am I stuck? Have I saved for nothing, essentially? And the answer is no. A 529 plan is actually designed to be supportive of scholarships. So if your child earns a scholarship, you can withdraw the amount of the scholarship without any penalties. So you can go ahead and spend that money on another purpose. Of course, I would also remind folks that there's a lot more to college costs than just tuition. Mm -hmm. You can also use 529 funds on room and board, on books, and even computers. So even if your child gets a full tuition scholarship, you still might want to use that 529 money for something else. But then the other question is, even with the scholarship rule, what if I just have extra money left over after my child has completed their four years of whatever school they went to? Now am I stuck and what do I do with that? So first, I would say, congratulations, you're a great saver. And so that's a very good problem to have. But you still have options. You can also use 529 funding on other forms of higher education. So if your child is considering graduate school or something else, you can use that money for other forms of higher education. And then you can also change the beneficiary. So if you have a second child who is going to school, then you can transfer the 529 funds into the second child's name. If you want to go back to graduate school or get some other education, you could even transfer it back to yourself and use that money on some form of higher education. It is true that if you don't use the money for anything that is higher education related, then you will have to pay taxes on the gains and a 10% penalty on those non-qualified withdrawals. But remember that like a Roth IRA, you can actually always withdraw the principal of that account without any taxes or penalties. So Mm -hmm. um, there is quite a bit of flexibility built into the 529.
0: I love it. Thank you. That was a a great explanation. I actually didn't realize that College Backer had a cool calculator out there that did all that uh, kind of stuff. (laughs) I don't mind the shameless plug there. Um, <laughs> Can't help I, myself
2: sometimes. <laughs> hey, it's,
0: it's, all, it's all good. No, I, I like what you guys are doing. That's why I have you on the show. And I know that there was one special offer that you had for listeners. And so I'd like you to let them know.
2: As I mentioned, time is on your side when it comes to saving for college. So it's important to get started today and or as soon as you can. And to help that a little bit, we wanted to offer all of your listeners a $25 match if you sign up for College Backer. So to get that, just go to collegebacker.com slash financial residency, and then sign up, share, your, share the information about you and your child. We'll give you the recommendation. And once you make your first $25 contribution, you will also receive a $25 contribution from College Backer. So we hope that makes it just a total no-brainer decision to get started saving with, for your kids' college in time for Christmas. And hopefully you can raise a little bit of money for your child's college fund over the holidays as well.
0: You know, I appreciate that uh, you doing that for listeners and full disclosure, there's nothing coming back to me or financial residency. This is for you guys that College Backer is doing to just match the first 25 bucks. So that's really on you guys and really generous of College Backer. And I appreciate that, Abby, for doing that. And thank you so much again for being on the show.
2: Thank you for inviting me, Ryan. I was privileged to be able to talk about this stuff.
0: Well, that was an awesome action-packed episode with Abby from collegebacker.com. I received so many questions about saving for your children's education and exactly how to do it and and what's involved in it that I was really excited when Abby agreed to be on the show. And again, thank you again, College Backer, for uh, providing a match to all of you, all the listeners. So if you want that $25 match that goes directly into your kids 529, go to collegebacker.com slash financial residency and sign up today. So thanks so much for listening and being a part of the community. Again, make sure to sign up on the free Facebook group, Financial Residency VIP Community, and come interact with all of us. Thanks again, and I'll see you guys in the next episode.
1: Thank you for listening to the Financial Residency Podcast. This episode is ended, but your financial residency continues online. Head over to financialresidency.com where you'll find links to any resources mentioned in today's episode, along with other valuable tips and information that will help you regain your financial freedom. That's financialresidency.com.